Welcome to Point Two Law Review. I'm John Brandt. And I'm Carson Messersmith. And we are here the week of October 10th through October 13th, but it's not that week. No, it's, it's not. Week. It's a different week. We're delayed. That's all right. It's all my fault. It's okay. It happens. It does happen, but I, I, I always feel bad when it happens. And we try so hard to, to get this out consistently, to get it out before the weekend. And then I go and take a vacation, <laughs> get out of Dodge, and well, we're have, delayed. Did you have fun? I did have fun. And, and it came with value. Um, I bring back messages and tidings of new food reviews. Ooh, food reviews that I haven't fooded. Yes, food reviews that you have not fooded, which although we have a chain which maybe you have reviewed or not reviewed. Have you had Zaxby's? No. Okay, Zaxby's, very good. I would put it on the tier of Chick-fil-A as okay. far as quality chicken places. How far do I have to drive to, to I have think the Zaxby's? last the last Zaxby's I know, and maybe if we want to call this the Midwest, is Columbia, Missouri. I think that's where the first one started. That's the South. That's the South? We're going to call Missouri the South now? No, Missouri is split. The uh, top portion of Missouri is the Midwest. Okay. And then below that is the South. Okay. Well, then I was in another city that doesn't know whether it's (laughs) Southern or Northern. I was in, and and you have to get this pronunciation right, I was in Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville. Louisville, Kentucky Mm -hmm. over uh, the weekend. And I did another uh, chicken sandwich review, so I'm going to shout out a local place, which is Chicken, which is C-H-I-K apostrophe N and M-I. So Chicken and Me. Chicken and Me. It's a Korean. It's a lovely Lu- Korean. Louisville chicken. And Louisville me. chicken and me. Lovely Korean chicken place that had one of the finest chicken sandwich. Yeah, it just it was unbelievable. Worth the drive. Yes, worth the drive. <laughs> I think I'll post a picture of it when we drop it on Twitter. Oh, good. It was absolutely worth it. But the other thing and the final thing I have on the food talks, uh-huh. this chicken sandwich on on just unreal. Do you ever know the restaurants that we put on a pedestal and? We think when we're kids, this thing is so good. Right. And then you eat it as an adult, and it's absolutely yeah. terrible. Okay. Spaghetti Factory. You ever had it? Oh, yeah. Wow. Have things gone downhill? No. It is always, not the one. It, it was, was always, always bad? Yep. Okay. You were just six. Yeah. I... I the only, uh, you know, it, it says something about a restaurant when the best thing that I can I can offer up for it was that the palate cleansing ice cream at the end was the best part. <laughs> well, I, I I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I don't think, know either. It's just, you know, sometimes sometimes it's better that we leave those legends in our Age head. is a evil mistress. It is an evil mistress. So sorry, uh, I don't think we're going to be sponsored by Spaghetti Factory anytime soon. And if you are any of the poor, fortunate individuals out there who had it when they were children and think it's great, just skip it and eat somewhere else. Just rem- have your memories. Yes. Preserve your memories. Yes. Keep your memories. Just like we can preserve uh, these opinions through the ex parte summary. Yes, we I think one. we're there. I think, yeah, I think it's just me. All right. Uh, all right, so we have Brown versus State. Hashtag sovereign immunity. All right, let's get busy. Let's yeah, get busy. busy. Let's jump straight into jump it. Jump straight into it. Here All right, so we have an appeal from the District Court of Buffalo County, and this is a case that, again, this is one of those that come back around. It actually, I believe, was up at the Supreme Court a while back, 
probably before we were ever even doing this pod. And it circles around a situation where uh, Mr. Brown was sitting at a picnic table at a state-owned recreation area when that picnic table was hit by a riding lawnmower that was driven by a state employee that skipped down the hill because it was on uh, wet grass. And so the first appeal was based on a motion to dismiss. Uh, the state had had a motion to dismiss granted that the Supreme Court then reversed and said that that at that stage of the case, the claim uh, was not barred by the rec- recreational um, activity exemption as a matter of law. And so the case proceeded forward. And now we're uh, at the posture of a granting of summary judgment based on uh, the surrounding facts of uh, the fact that this this happened while uh, the the grass in the area was uh, wet and while the individual was operating a lawnmower. And so the district court uh, granted summary judgment on uh, the recreational activity and weather conditions exemption in the uh, State Tort Claims Act. Um, and so therefore, uh, it found that the state was immune from suit. And so we're appealing from that. And the issues on appeal Um, which are, again, um, addressed fairly summarily, but there are a couple of good law chunks in here, and the Supreme Court actually uh, deals with a couple of things. First, it deals with uh, sovereign immunity as as a whole, and then it deals with these two uh, big exemptions. And the first one it deals with is the weather conditions exemption, and um, it gives us a couple of definitions, again, that could be helpful. The first definition it gives is uh, the definition of a motor vehicle, and here... Uh, Brown is trying to argue that his claim arises out of a state employee's operation of a motor vehicle, which is an exception to the State Tort Claims Act. And here, um, the Supreme Court adopts that a lawnmower is not a motor vehicle. And they are very uh, careful to delineate the fact that their definition of motor vehicle that they're giving here is only for the State Tort Claims Act, but they're saying that a motor vehicle has something that has to be able to be operated on a mo- on a roadway, and so clearly a lawnmower did not fit that exception, and so therefore it was not a uh, vehicle for purposes of um, this definition. And so again, maybe it's one of those where you have something that's a motor vehicle and you want to try to use that in other statutes. Who knows? Uh, But this is limited to the purpose of the State Tort Claims Act, but they do give us a strong definition of what a motor vehicle is. And then the next issue that they deal with is uh, what the meaning of arising out of is when it comes to the State Tort Claims Act and the weather exemption. And so here, essentially for arising out of, they are saying that there is a causal relationship between the temporary condition caused by nature and due to weather and the plaintiff's claim. And here they found that the grass being wet on the side hill and the lawnmower sliding down and hitting the picnic table was arising out of this temporary weather event. And so therefore they found that um, that did fit. And so again, one of these cases we don't get, it doesn't seem like there's a ton of state tort claims act, uh, cases at this posture. And so, uh, there are a couple of good law chunks here that you can go in, pull out. If you have any questions on sovereign immunity, or if you have any questions, uh, on the state tort claims act, there again is some good, uh, law chunks on that. Uh, but basically they uh, came to the conclusion that the district court did not err in granting summary judgment based on the weather conditions exemption. And so then they didn't have to deal with the recreational activity exemption and the judgment of the district court was affirmed.
Hey, that's a good one. And and motor vehicle that's specific to, you know, take state tort claims act kind of claims. It doesn't have anything to do with, let's say a DUI or anything like that. No. Okay. Which is kind of interesting. You know, put them on a mower. Yeah. No, you can't drive your mower to work. Don't take your motor. Don't take your motor or your mower. And uh, so we're on our way to the court of appeals. Is that right? Yep. All right. All right so jumping straight back into it. Um, Muyanga versus Johnson. And this is an appeal from a uh, dissolution of marriage, but the only issue really on appeal is um, whether or not there was going to be a allowance for travel outside the United States, with the, which the district court had denied. And so basically here, uh, the district court says, um, you know, we're worried if you take the child out of the country, it creates too much substantial risk of uh, burden and harm to the other parent in remedying that situation if something were to go wrong. And the big issues on appeal are that their first is not a bill of exceptions. Uh, the litigant here had proceeded pro se. Uh, so there was no bill of exceptions and there also were no assignments of error. And so the court of appeals was basically only looking at the district court's order and uh, the very limited scope of what the district court had ordered at that point. And uh, also there were no um, assignments of error that were listed. And so they were only uh, looking for uh, plain error on the uh, other things that were argued by the pro se litigant. And so therefore they uh, affirmed the district court and found that there was not error in denying the request to travel with the children outside of the U.S. Okay, I have uh, Box v. Bembo Bakeries USA. It's a work comp case. This will be a quick one. Um, the uh, appellant here is pro se, did not file a request or filed it out of time, the bill of exceptions. <clears throat> one interesting thing is there was a rule change. It used to be 14 days to uh, pay for the bill of exceptions. Now it's seven days to pay for the bill of exceptions. Once you file the request, uh, you got to make sure that that gets filed. That's apparently important here. Um, the work comp case involved a, uh, appellant here, Angela Box. She worked for Bembo Bakeries. Her job was to turn the hot dog buns after they get sliced. Um, and just so there was a lot of repetitive motion with her right hand, uh, making those, uh, twisted motions, um, with those hot dog buns. Um, and then she developed, you know, uh, problems with her wrist and shoulder and it was pretty debilitating from her perspective and she sought out some medical uh, assistance for those items and she submitted at the hearing medical records indicating that you know it appears that it was caused by something or it may have been or this is alleged but there was no medical opinion directly linking the harm the alleged harm to the workplace here and because there wasn't any um medical opinion linking the harm directly to the workplace, there wasn't a sufficient uh, evidence in order to find that, you know, she should be eligible for those kinds of benefits. So because of that, her appeal was dismissed. And here on appeal, we don't have a bill of exception. So we don't know specifically what the um, medical record said or anything like that. We just have the order from in the transcript from the lower court saying that this, you know, there wasn't uh, enough there. And based on that record that's before the court, the court affirmed the dismissal um, because there was no causal relationship between her injury and her employment at Bembo Bakeries. Okay. Next case we come to is in the interest of Rodney D. And this is an appeal from a, or for, of Randy D. And this is an appeal from a termination of parental rights. And basically what's happening here is 
that um, the child was removed from mother's custody at the time of birth because of methamphetamine use and uh, positive methamphetamine tests at the time of birth. Uh, the father then uh, is brought into this case plan. Uh, the child remains removed, and um, you know we we proceed uh, forward with uh, visits and all the rest of the case matters. Eventually, a termination of parental rights is uh, filed, um, and at that point in time, the child had been in out of home placement for uh, the 15 out of 22 months, and so then um, the court is primarily dealing with issues of uh, best interest of the child and here it's kind of unique because the child had very specific uh, medical conditions and issues with uh, needing major assistance during feeding Um, and here there was a lot of discussion of the father needing to engage in classes in order to be able to feed the child and in order to be able to take care of the child Um, and it appeared he had actually taken one of the classes but had failed um, and continued to have issues in uh, being able to educate himself appropriately in order to have these skills that would be necessary to parent his child and then there were also issues uh, with actually being able to comply with visitation with being able to uh, provide a safe and stable environment in order for the child to be reunified uh, with the father and then uh, there were also issues with attendance with medical appointments and dealing with the medical care because of the child being at such uh, substantial risk of harm and the court of appeals basically looked at this uh, agreed uh, with most of the testimony and uh, issues and how they'd been dealt with by the juvenile court um, and basically address the fact that because of the medical needs here uh, there needed to be uh, an ability of the parent to be able to take care of the child to have the skills that were necessary to uh, be able to work with feeding time and then medical appointments and address all those concerns and because that was not happening they found that termination was in the best interests of the child and affirmed is that it i think that's it that's it for this boy that was a lot of me today Are you complaining? No, no, no complaints. I, ju- I feel bad for our listeners. They don't get enough of you. Okay, On days no. like today, it's, you know, it's terrible. No, they're fine. Okay. Okay. Uh, anything else? No, you do you have anything? Do you have, well, yeah. I, I mean, maybe you well, have a quip uh, okay. now. Um, it's pumpkin patch season. Oh, yay. Was that your first experience with a pumpkin patch? Oh, no. No, you've been to them? I've had some pumpkin patch Have you done the Vallas? Yeah. I yeah. will never do it anymore. It's it, it's a it's, chore. Yes. You have to demonstrate the love you have for your family uh, and the grace that you can give other human beings. And bring your walking shoes because you're going to have to park about 60 miles away anymore. There are. Um, it's fun. Yeah. Oh, I have a tip for that. Did you go recently? I did. You went this year? I have. And here's the tip. Bless you. You go the second it hits October. You get Go early. Go yeah. early. You get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. Nobody's thinking. It's yeah. barely pumpkin spice season, and mm-hmm. you go in there and you get that out of the way. Get out of the way and 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 then it's get like, gone. oh, we don't need to do it. Then when you start, it starts getting cold. You don't have to worry about it being cold. You don't have to worry about a ton of people. Don't do it on a Husker off week. Yeah, that's so. Last week would have been the really yeah, bad week. It would have gone. It would. Yeah, have. you I, do not want to go there. I do see, and the bad part is, and the only part I like of about pumpkin patches, and, and people are going to begin to believe that I either have, I'm going to be a diabetic or have some serious weight problems. But I, I love to eat my way through them. The, well, there's lots of good things like uh, the kettle Reese corn. Pumpkin. Yes, I like kettle corn. I like the homemade donuts. I like apple cider. <laughs> I enjoy, you know, anything that has to do with, you know, sweet or, you yeah, know, yeah, uh, it's, it's sugar-based garlic. 
butter. Yeah, I'll, I will eat any of it. <laughs> I will drink all of the things. I will. Tr- I mean, and, and I buy into it. I mean, it costs a billion dollars more than it should, but that's fine. It's uh, fine. It's all part of the season. I don't know. It, it's good, uh, but I've gone to them for, what is this, 11, 12 years now? So you're just trying to get in and get out as yeah. fast as possible. At this, at this point, I'm, I've, that's fair. I've been to my share. Yeah, and mostly I just don't. I want to make sure that I'm not having to take anything home. Like I don't want a pumpkin. I don't want to carry anything home. Yeah, I, check your bags for kids. You know, this they is going to be lost. a. Well, yeah, I don't want that either. This is going to be a. Uh, I don't even turn my light on. I'm a. I'm a bowl person during Halloween. Okay. I leave the bowl out. Usually that means I think the first kid comes to my door and dumps the entire bowl under their bag and then leaves and no one ever gets anything after that. But I'm. I'm kind of a. What's the Halloween version of a Scrooge? I'm a Scrooge. Ooh, let's think of that. Let's come up with that for next week. What's the Halloween yeah, version? What's of the a Halloween version of a of a Scrooge? All right. Well, this is Point Two Law Review, brought to you by Anderson Klein, Brewster, and Brandt. We have offices in Kearney, Holdridge, and Minden. And episode one for the disclaimer. Episode one for the disclaimer. And that's it for this week. Uh, have a great week, everybody. I'm John Brandt. I'm Carson Messersmith. Thanks, everybody.